Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. So, if the Bears beat Detroit and Denver beats Atlanta in the American Southwestern Division East-Northern, then Milwaukee goes to the Denslow Cup. Unless Baltimore can upset Buffalo and Charlotte ties Toronto. Then Oakland would play LA and Pittsburgh in a blind choice round robin. And if no clear winner emerges from all of this, a two-man sack race will be held on consecutive Sundays until a champion can be crowned. Welcome back. You are listening to Three Guys in a Flick. This is where we review the good, the bad, and the absurd. Tonight's episode, Basketball. Beware. Spoilers. Coming to you from the Denslow Cup, my name is Don. And to my right, we have our comic book guy, John. Dude. 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 And to my left, we have the professor, Ken. Good evening, sports fans. All right. Tonight we are talking about basketball, and basketball comes to us from the Bronco Helmet and was submitted to us by our True Believer listener, Zach. And so, yeah, we pulled it out. Uh, Had you guys seen basketball back in the day? No, I had not. I have seen it once, but I think I rented it. Oh, yeah. No, I I didn't see it in the theater. I, I first caught it when I think it was on cable. Uh, like HBO or something. I don't even think I rented it. Well, I, I just knew that I was excited to see it because I really liked South Park. So I was hoping it was going to be that South Park humor. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought too. And, you know, it wasn't until I dove deeper into it. Uh, this is actually the first movie that they haven't written, produced, directed, or had any type of, um, you know, main role in the production. Do you know it. what their first movie was or what Trey's first movie was? You're not talking about Orgasmo, are you? No, the one before that one. No, what was it? Cannibal the Musical. Oh, I think maybe I did know that. I think I saw that. I think I was looking that up. Yeah. yeah did you ever see it? No, but I want to see it. I've heard it's, it's on there somewhere, like where you can rent it from Prime or something, but it's out there and I want to I see it because uh, Dion's in that one too. Yeah, yeah. Released on July 31st, 1998, Basketball was directed by David Zucker. The screenplay by David Zucker, Robert Lokash, Jeff Wright, and Lewis Friedman. It stars Trey Parker, Matt Stone, Yasmeen Bleeth, Jenny McCarthy, Robert Vaughn, Ernest Borgnine, Dion Bakker, and a bunch of other actors. Zucker, where have we heard that name before? Oh, stop putting that inflection in your voice like, ooh. Um, That was pretty funny, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Airplane. Cock. (laughs) Yeah, they are, well, the Zucker brothers are are the ones that are behind, you know, Airplane, Top Secret. Police Squad, the television series. Naked Gun, the movie, Scary Movie, most of the scary movies, if Mm -hmm. not all of them. So they are, uh, 
they're kind of like the parody kings, I guess uh, you could say. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when I heard that uh, you know Matt and Trey were in this, I expected the you know the whole South Park flavor, and later come to find out that uh, it was this is Zucker's idea. Uh, him and his friends uh, actually made this game and played it in their driveway. You know what I mean? And so they wrote it out. And uh, Chris Farley was actually supposed to play uh, Coop. And that would have been such a completely different movie, right? Uh, So Farley doesn't do it. They have the guys from South Park do it. And uh, here tell they went in and pretty much rewrote their characters. And they added Dion. Uh, They brought him in. And um, so what we get uh, is the Zucker flavor, the spoofness and the campiness and the silliness mixed in with the crude potty humor, which I find hilarious of the South Park guys. And for me, this fucking movie worked. So could you have made this movie without Squeak if they had not written in that character? Oh, I doubt it. I think that character and it's brilliant that it's Squeak, right? Because you think of Kenny from Mm -hmm. South Park, uh, which that. Is that Kenny from South Park? Is he the voice? No, he uh, was a few other voices, but he was not Kenny. Oh, okay. Uh, but I think that third character, because they they added him, mm-hmm. Matt and Trey. He wasn't in the script. Uh, the third character wasn't in the script. So yeah, I think that role is pivotal. I don't. I think it does not work without that squeak character. How'd this movie do, Don? This movie was made for twenty three million dollars, and it brought in. Wait for it. Seven million dollars. Woof. Oh, yeah. Talk about a swing and a big fucking miss, right? Yeah, Yeah, that's got to hurt. But, you know, I was thinking about it as I was watching it because, I mean, it is, after all, um, just kind of a crude comedy, right? Uh, Someone with all this money said, yeah, this is going to be a good idea. And I kind of watched some behind the scenes and Matt and Trey that, it looks like they're having a good time and they're getting along and, and you see like the director laughing and it just looked like to be a lot of fun on, on set. And that's great. But if you think about it, that's just somebody's $23 million project to hang out and goof around. You know what I mean? Cause I mean, $7 million. That's, that's horrible. Did you hear why Matt and Trey took the job? Uh, because they didn't think South Park was going to get picked up. Yep, they thought the show was going to be canceled, and so they figured might as well go ahead and agree to do the movie, but then South Park got renewed, and they ended up having to, from the behind the scenes that I watched, they would go to like the set at 4 a.m., work till like 7 or 8, 9 at night, and then go work on South Park until like 1 or 2 in the morning, get a few hours of sleep, and then go right back to set. Yeah, yeah, fucking crazy. Fun. But it paid off. But the funny thing is... Did it? I was going to say, are you a South Park fan? Yeah, South Park is fucking huge. Have you seen, Those guys are huge. Have you seen the way that they've actually worked in making fun of this movie into some of the South Park episodes? It was just one of them, and it was Passion of the Jew. And yeah. uh, Stan or Kyle are all pissed off because they want their money back for seeing Passion of the Christ. And they go, yeah, it was just like, well, we've done it before when we got our money back from basketball. Mm-hmm. So they're poking fun at it. Well, they also made fun of Roger Ebert when the... I guess he gave a negative review, and so they named an episode something about Roger Ebert is still fat or something like that, and it had uh, nothing to do with him in the episode. There are so many episodes. I stopped watching them a long time ago, um, but every now and then I'll throw it on. Uh, I enjoy South Park. Yeah, the episode actually was called Roger Ebert Should Lay Off the Fatty Foods. Oh. <laughs> uh, Professor, did you ever watch South Park? Uh, I saw a couple episodes. Uh, what do you think? 
I I don't like it. You don't like it? I never watched it. I couldn't get into it. It was just, I didn't care for it. Yeah. Still don't. I can't remember if it's Peacock or Hulu right now that it's streaming. They're making like South Park movies and they're streaming them on there right now. There's like three or four of them now. Uh, I think it might be Paramount. Was it Paramount? I think. I, I can't remember which one it is. But I can't remember. Some either. of them are pretty funny. What about you? Do you like South Park? Yeah, I like South Park. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about the Zucker guys? Uh, knowing what kind of movie it is going into it being a Zucker film, uh, out of Airplane and the ones that we uh, have mentioned, uh, are you fans of those movies? I am. Which ones do you like? I, I like the Naked Gun movies, I like the Police Squad movie, and I like the Airplane movies. I was actually surprised to find out that they did Ruthless People. Yeah, yeah, that was... And, and that's one of them that I really like. Oh, really? Who's in it? Uh, Danny DeVito. Um, oh, that movie. With, uh, what's her name? The singer lady. Um, why am I blanking on her name? Because Judge, Judge Reinhold. Wind Beneath My Wings. What's her name? You're just going to make me sit here and think about it, aren't I you? I am. I am. I am. But I am going to give him credit for knowing who was in it. Yeah, I, okay, I, I like that go. movie. Yeah. Um, I like Top Gun. It, Top Gun. <laughs> I like Top Secret. I thought that was fun. Uh, Airplane, I could take or leave it. I naked Gun, I really didn't care for the, any of the Naked Guns, I thought. Really? I don't know. Yeah, I, not my style. I couldn't get into Scary Movie. Uh, I liked the first and second one. Those were okay. Uh, because it, it's exactly what you expect going into it, mm-hmm. right? So if you know that going into it, then you can't be hugely disappointed. I think when I first saw... Uh, basketball. I thought it was just a stupid movie. It had some funny parts, but I didn't get all the gags. And, all. and then when I found out later on, you know, doing the research for us, that the Zuckers were, or one of the Zucker was involved. Um, now it makes more sense that they were going for the gag and the quick jokes and the, you know, the quick dumb humor. Yeah. Yeah. The movie got a couple of nominations. I saw surprising until you see what the nominations are for. Razzie Awards. Oh, the good old Razzies. Wow. Yasmin Bleeth. And she gets Best Supporting Actress. No, she gets Best Actress uh, nominee. Worst Actress nominee. Yes. Yes. Uh, And I have to say, watching it, knowing that, it's like, is she really the worst? I don't know. She didn't seem all that horrible in the movie. Right. Right. Was she believable? A pedestrian at a pedestrian level, but was she bad? Did she stink? I didn't think she stunk. I didn't think so either. What about Jenny McCarthy, who was nominated for best worst supporting actress? I didn't think she stunk either. I I, I thought she was a fun character. I I felt both of them fit in the story that was being told to us. I, I thought so too. I was impressed with the way she could lay carpet. Of course you were, and of course that's the first thing that you bring up. I was more impressed with her uh, knob handling skills what was it cleaning the chrome uh, off the yeah, yeah. here's your here, here's your uh, trailer pi- or your trailer hitch yeah cleaning the knob or cleaning the polish off the knob i think yeah, that's what it was yeah. do you see her lips yeah all silver they're all silver and, would, you, would you like me to do this one too uh yeah so i thought they were just fine let's call it what it is right this movie i don't think is supposed to be taken too seriously Movies are supposed to go out and make you think and feel and do all this. And if a movie can make you laugh, then awesome. Um, Is this movie for everybody? No. Is this a great movie? Not in the fucking slightest. However, I didn't think it was all that bad. I honestly think that they were going for the same market of the people who liked the movie Airplane. That they thought it would be, you know, that year's Airplane and that people would see it in the same regard. 
Sure. Uh, I actually like it better than Airplane. I like it better than most of the Zucker films that we named. Would you say the psychouts are pretty much the best part of the movie? I think the psychouts are one of the best parts of the movie. Um, I like the running jokes. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is that they're fucking Broncos fans, right? I knew you'd like that part. Yeah, they uh, name drop John Elway, and then when Coop and Jenna are sitting on his couch, there's a Bronco flag over Coop's shoulder, and at the end, spoiler alert, when they win, they give each other the mile-high salute. Do you have a favorite psych out? Steve Perry. You got one, Professor? Nope. I got to go with the Cartman imitation at the end. Yeah, but it's Cartman. I know, but I, I don't know why. It's just that one makes me giggle every time I see it. It's funny. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, that's what they're known for, yeah. right? That and the, your sister's dating squeak. Or, or uh, yeah, yeah. Or, all, all the squeak ones are pretty good. Even, even the joke at the end with the, uh, uh, is your mom deaf? Yeah, I think that's the only one they liked. Hey, Tuttle, is your mother deaf? No, she's dead. Yeah, I guess that's why she didn't move around so much. <laughs> Poor squeak. I swear to God, you guys bag, rip on me 13, 14 more times. I'm out of here. Joe, Coop Cooper, and Doug Reamer, two slackers and lifelong best friends, gatecrash a high school reunion and are shunned by their classmates. They find themselves outside drinking beer and shooting a basketball when two classmates challenge them to a game. After seeing that their opponents are very good at basketball, they say they will only play a game they picked up in the streets while secretly inventing the rules as they play based on both basketball and baseball. After winning, they decide to refine the rules to the game, and Coop makes the first basketball out of a lazy boy chair. Their friend Kenny Squeak Scolari tags along, and the sport becomes very popular in the neighborhood over the next six months. Businessman Ted Denslow meets Coop and Reamer and proposes the creation of the National Basketball League, along with numerous rules in place to prevent its decline. Teams cannot switch cities. Players cannot be traded. Individuals cannot make money via corporate sponsorship deals. And it is completely open to anyone who wants to play, with Denslow stating that anyone can be a sports hero. Coop is reluctant, but ultimately accepts the opportunity. What did you guys think of the opening montage of the degradation of sports. So the so the whole explanation for the movie is given to us in this opening narrative, and I thought it was fucking hilarious and somewhat true. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, as soon as uh, is you know back in '98 or whenever you see it, the end zone dances were you know getting out of hand. But you watch the NFL today, their end zone dances drive me nuts, and um, I I can fucking see it happening. I can fucking see it happening. Yeah, watching it, I found myself thinking, you know, this could be like us, you know, five years down the road. Even though the movie's 20, 25 years old, I still feel like, eh, this could still happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, did you see that they're now, what they're now doing with college football? What's that? That uh, college football players can now take sponsorships. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. It basically, it's now coming from the NFL, from professional down to college, and all of it's just going to be basically, you know, the sponsorships, the dances, the celebrations. You know, you're going to see players basically going to whatever college gets the most sponsorships from. And What did you guys think of the story concept? Well, I liked the idea of kind of the beginning and the opening was kind of interesting. Felt a little Tommy Boy to me in that, you know, you've got this guy, you know, these guys who have gone nowhere with their life, and now they're kind of picking on a direction. 
um, and kind of figure things out. But I just love them coming to this party and everybody else has moved on with their life and they're still all doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, when they get to the party, what's her face? Uh, Brittany, Brittany, <laughs> dude, this is Brittany's house and I really want to fuck her. <laughs> the, the dad's sitting there. Uh, and you know, right away, what kind of movie you're going to get. Well, I, right? I just like the, you're here. Yeah. We had to come. No, I mean, who invited you? Who told you about it? And it was her boyfriend yeah. uh, that told uh, Coop and Reamer about it. Um, Were you instantly hooked or not hooked with the vibrator scene? That all comes down to what kind of humor that you like or, you know, does it make you feel uncomfortable? Or um, I get the point of the joke and it's crude humor. And I personally, myself, I have no problem with crude humor. Uh, I think it's funny. Uh, if done right, don't get me wrong. And if they're opening up with a vibrator who they think is Britney's and I, when, uh, Reamer finds it, dude, 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 dude. I mean, that's such, I mean, it was, I found it really funny and yeah, I was fucking hooked cause I knew where we were going. Professor, did it draw you into the movie or kind of make you think what the hell am I watching? Neither. Neither. It, it didn't draw me in and it didn't, didn't make me think, Oh, what am I watching? It's like. I don't know. It felt straight out of Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, I was a little concerned, I think, by the fact of, you know, he's all over the vibrator, finds out it's mom, and he's still kind of, was he still licking it afterwards? No. He, once, Did he stop it Yeah, there? he stopped. Okay. Uh, but I think it's funny that when she, as he's licking it, and she walks in, Coop stops and says, Brittany, and if you notice Reamer, he goes in and tries to lick it even more to get as much as he possibly can. <laughs> That's right. Um <laughs> uh, so they're at this party and then they're just kind of talking about their lives and being losers and they're shooting hoops and, you know, they have to play these guys. Well, they talk about, you know, what, like changing their lives at this point and that they want to set a new direction. And at the first, they have to get jobs and then they have to get the money and then they have to get the corduroy pants. Is khakis. What, or khaki pants. And then we get the khakis and then we get the girls. As they're creating this game, they figure they go with it after the party, and they start adding rules, and um, they they basically make it up, like you were saying. And this introduces us to the psychouts. We see Cooper and Reamer playing in the driveway, and they're uh, doing the Steve Perry psychouts. Which, you know, when I first heard it, I I just started laughing because I mean that's so random. <clears throat> and this is where we meet Squeak. Uh, what do you guys think of Squeak as a character? I love that they bring him in as the guy who has to come and turn off their gas. And then the whole, uh, is, is is your dog here? Oh, no, he, he's not here today. Goes back there, gets torn apart, comes back out. Oh, that's right. He's going next week. He's going to the vet tomorrow. Oh, that's tomorrow. right. That's mm -hmm. right. And so they and then they have him shoot for whether he have to turn off the gas or not, which I thought was pretty funny. Mm -hmm. And then we cut to six months later, and now basketball basketball has become a big game. And we meet Ted Denslow. Would either of you guys play basketball? I would totally play basketball. Would you? Would you join the league? Of course. I think I would be the best. How about you, Professor? I'm not much of a free throw shooter. I'm probably 30% at the free throw line. Practice, practice, practice. I might do okay. I'm not very good from you know certain angles, but straight on I'm pretty good. So I'm a straight shooter, but um, I don't know how good I'd be with the psychos, psychouts. Oh, I think that's where I would shine. Yes. <laughs> yes. Steve Perry. 
Uh, yeah, and Ted Denslow is played by Ernest Borgnine, Academy Award winning. You know, it's funny for being such a kind of gag filled, base humor type movie. They had a pretty good cast. Oh, I think they had a great cast. This was Robert Vaughn's one hundredth movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just listening to a podcast earlier in the week with another Robert Vaughn movie where he played the villain of a certain superhero. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I believe I do. Is it uh, the man from Uncle? No, sir. But he was in that. Was he in a Superman movie? Wait, I thought you said you knew. I think I do, but I'm trying to. There's two movies in my head. Is it Superman? No. Is it Superman? No. Well, I think it's Supergirl. He was in. God, it was one of them. I can't remember which one it is. Superman three. He was oh, the villain yes. in Superman three. That's right. Oh, the corporate guy. So I was right. right. Superman. No, you weren't right. You I said, said Superman. Superman. Not Superman, because Superman was made in 1978, well, and the villain was Gene Hackman. I was saying who the hero was, Superman. I said what movie. Oh, okay. Superman yeah. 3. Well, you can't say it now. Uh, Ted Denslow comes up and asks Coop, you know, let's take this national and let's make it uh, a new professional sport. And, you know, they put in the, they put in the rules that, uh, you know, teams can't, move players can't get traded this that and the other and they're basically taking away everything that you know professional sports is now even you know making this a game for the average joe which makes me now think of dodgeball you know it's funny when you look at it and you you realize you know from doing the research that there is actual rules to this game and people actually play it and the rules make sense and it actually looks like a pretty fun game yeah i don't doubt it I don't doubt it. Like we were saying, uh, Zucker, him and his buddies actually created this. So it, it doesn't surprise me that there are rules and that this game actually can be played. One it, of the things I was wondering about this movie is when they, you know, win the original like driveway cup and all that, uh, they bring out this big glass bowl. And I guess that is representative of uh, Zucker. And when his friends all played, that's what they used. They used a big glass bowl as the big award at the end. It's a big fruit bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny the things that stick out in your mind yeah, after watching a movie like this, you know, when you think about it 24 hours later. And besides some of the psych outs, the only thing that really pops in my head is just every so often, cock. Of course it does, because that's all you think about. Cock. <laughs> Dude, you can't write this. It writes itself. Five years later, the NBL is in full swing with teams, fans, stadiums, and a major championship, the Denslow Cup. Denslow is owner of the Milwaukee Beers, Coop and Reamers team. During the championship game, Denslow dies from choking on a hot dog, causing Coop to miss his shot and costing the Beers the game. Denslow's will names Coop as owner of the Beers on the condition that they win the next Denslow Cup. Otherwise, ownership reverts to Denslow's widow, Yvette. Coop and Reamer then meet Jenna Reed, head of the Dream Come True Foundation, and Joy, one of the children in her care and a passionate fan of basketball. Coop Reamer and Squeak begin spending time with the two, with Coop eventually forming a relationship with Jenna. Baxter Kane, owner of the Dallas Fallons, wants to remove Denslow's rules preventing monetization of the sport, but could not while Denslow was alive. After Coop refuses to accept any changes, Kane partners with Yvette as he tries to make the Beers lose the next Denslow Cup so she will own the team. The Beers still continue winning games and heading toward the championship, Kane approaches Reamer, telling him that he made an offer to Coop, but Coop refused without telling Reamer. Reamer confronts Coop about what Kane told him, and Coop quickly compromises by declaring Reamer part owner of the team. 
So we are in full swing now. It's a professional sport with a stadium and cheerleaders. And, and this is where we get Bob Costas and Al Michaels, two sports announcers that, I mean, they're pretty fucking famous. And was it five years later and we have the felon girls? Oh, oh my God. This was so, I love this bit when they're talking in the booth and uh, Bob Costas, I mean, he's such a great announcer. He's all five years ago. This game was being played in driveways in Al Michaels. I mean, he was the voice of the NFL for a long time. And just to think, five years ago, those girls were in grade school. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people have pointed out when they're reviewing this movie that those two really made the movie. They were a couple of the best aspects of the movie, just their interactions back and forth. Yeah, well, I mean, I could surmise that myself. It's kind of a no-brainer. Even when Kenny Mayne and... um, Who's the other one? Kenny Mayne and his partner. Bette Midler. Bette Midler's the name. Dan Patrick. I was looking for Bette Midler earlier. Yeah, I know you were. I didn't say anything. Yeah, we all knew Ruthless you were. people. Bette Midler. Yeah, we no, we we got it. That was 30 minutes ago. Yeah. So, you know, good hey, job. Hey, it's a new record for me. <laughs> and the addition of Dan Patrick and Kenny Maine from ESPN fame, that that was pretty fucking funny too. So, they got they got some pretty big names to uh be in this farce of a movie. So, well, yeah. did you hear how much they got paid to do the movie? Which ones are you talking about? Bob Costas and... Al Michaels. Al Michaels. Uh, Costas got like 60 grand. And 50. 50. And then Michaels got 60. Because? Well, originally, and, and Professor, you can talk about this, uh, how much was Al Michaels being paid? Al Michaels hired on first, and he got 15000 And then he heard that Bob Costas got 50000 he blew a fucking gasket and he bitched to his attorneys and forced them to rewrite his contract. And so he got 60 grand for it. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the easiest 60 grand you'll ever make. So they're at the uh, championship and this is where Denslow is going to die. Um, and we meet Jenna and we meet Jenna uh, by who's played by Yasmin Bleep. Did you hear what her first scene was that she filmed? With Matt and Trey? Yeah, they were in the locker room. They were in the locker room completely naked, and that was the first time she even met them. Yeah. So this is the scene where Denslow dies, and, you know, in true Zucker fashion, he's going to die of a hot dog, right? Um, I thought it was uh, funny that at the end uh, of the game, as Coop misses the shot and he sees Denslow dying, uh, Al Michaels comes on and goes, what an unfortunate night for Dozen or uh, dozen egg night, dozen egg night, and then they start getting pelted with eggs. And, um, I mean, and, and the humor here is just you know, uh, he's beating on his chest, and uh, Denzel's trying to tell him that he's choking, and he's all, No, we can't have a hot dog, they stopped serving him after the seventh inning. Would this kind of scene, and I know there's like some later scenes, would you say that this is more of like a dark comedy or just a regular comedy? Why, because he died. Because they're kind of making fun of death and they're making fun of sick children. And so it's got kind of some darker elements to it. Um, I, I didn't think of it as a dark comedy. Neither did I. Okay. I just thought it was as a comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, the hot dog flying out of his mouth each time he pounds down on his chest. That's slapstick. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What What would you consider? What did the internet tell you to think? Well, when you read the reviews of this and actual the summarizations, they refer to it as a dark comedy. So I, I didn't think it's a dark comedy, but I was curious if both of you would categorize it as that. Not at all. But they must know something we don't. So Denslow dies. They meet Jenna. And um, what would you guys think of the whole 
wish come true foundation story bit. I was okay with it. I, I get it. It just kind of went along with the story, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I understand why they kind of worked that in because they had to work in Joey. And normally, like, these scene, you know, these when they work in these storylines, the kids are kind of annoying and they're kind of downers in the shows. I thought the the actor who played Joey did a great job. Oh, these kids. Uh, Joey had me laughing yeah, for he, fucking sure. He went on. He's still acting. In fact, if you ever watched the series Magicians, he was in that TV series. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've never watched it. Uh, and then, of course, you know, you have Reamer and Coop pining for Jenna's affection. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's going to go with the, our hero, Coop. Um, but, yeah, I thought that uh, the introduction of all of this was pretty funny. We then go to the will reading. And this is where we find out uh, that Coop gets the team. You know what I mean? But this is also where we get to know Baxter Kane a little bit more, played by Robert Vaughn. And uh, you know he's the guy who's out for money and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, when the beers lose and they're interviewing uh, Robert Vaughn, he's all, Ted Denslow will be missed. He was a true pioneer of the game. This is a sad day. And then the next second he's like, yeah, we fucking won. Mm-hmm. I thought that was I loved all cute. the celebration behind him. Yeah, that was funny. Um, I do like during that will reading and everything, you know, Yvette meets Robert and that's when they start kind of hatching their plan and everything, but just the whole scene of it. And especially the fact that they're using a VHS tape to watch it. And was it the, at the end of it, the, now uh, I just want to speak to Coop directly. And he waits like what, five seconds. And do you notice, uh, uh, Coop's reaction? He's looking around, waiting for everyone to leave, and he's, like, fucking shocked that no one will leave. (laughs) And then what gets revealed, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I just thought the timing in this movie, a lot of it did work. Yeah, I thought this movie was very well-paced. And the comedic timing, you know, and it's the little quips they get in that uh, uh, Parker and uh, Stone are so uh, famous for, and Mm -hmm. you definitely see it in South Park. So we get a little montage of Coop and Jenna hanging out with Joey, doing all these uh, schmaltzy little things. And then he uh, uh, tries to give Joey a, a foundation wish, that um, a home run. And then all of a sudden it gets amped up to three home runs that he's got to come up with. So you're right. They, they start to hang out, and Joey's last wish or whatever it was was to hang out with the beers for a uh, team for a day. So uh, the, they do yard work. They work on the car, and then Jenna leaves. And so they take this 12-year-old, 10-year-old to a bar. and <laughs> They're doing shots. They're doing shots. And, I, okay, I get it. That's completely heinous, right? I mean, that's... But it was so fun. Did you like how when they were doing the shots, they picked a Jerry Springfield or Springer, Jerry Springer show of every time they get into fights, take a shot. They would do shots. Yeah, I thought that was funny. And then um, again, it's just kind of like the little things. Uh, Coop's reaction to every time there's a shot, but it's happening so fast that he can't keep up with it. Just it has me laughing, mm-hmm. you know, and then Joey, I feel like I'm going to throw up all over this bar. And I was waiting for that to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was, Oh, for sure. I thought it was coming too. And then, uh, you know, it's time for, <laughs> I think Coop says, Oh shit, you got a surgery and we got a game. And he goes, uh, Joey's all, you know, oh, I, I, if you could hit a home run for me, that would be great. And Coop's hammered, right? Everyone's fucking hammered. And uh, he says, 
uh, well, you know, one and then Reamer. Reamer's constantly fucking Coop, and it's it's pretty funny. Uh, Reamer says, shit, you're talking to Joe Cooper. He can hit two. Or it's not like you asked him to hit two and then Joey two, and it builds and builds until it hits three. And so now Coop's on the hook for three home runs, completely hammered, and has to go play a game. Which he does manage to get, I think, two during the game, doesn't he? Oh, my God. And this, I think when I first watched this movie... This scene had me probably laughing the hardest. Before they get to the game, Squeak notices this gal uh, mm-hmm. at the bar. Down the bar. Right. And so that's going to come back to us. They're at the game, and Squeak and Reamer have the buckets, and they're just hurling into it. And uh, Coop's all fucked up, and he, he it's his turn. And the ref skates by, gives him the ball, goes back, and the other ref looks at him and goes, what's wrong with Coop? And he goes, well, he's one for 11. He smells like Christian Slater. <laughs> yeah, they had these little, like you, said, like you said earlier, little timing and little jokes that they just threw in there that you didn't like think about until five or six seconds later that it hit you what they meant by it. Uh, so Coop has hit, uh, he hits another one. So he's two for 12 now, right? And he's rounding the bases all fucked up. And, uh, in the meantime, the gal that squeak was looking at is at the game. And, uh, he tells Reamer about it and Reamer looks at her and he goes, that's a dude. And he's all, what are you talking about? You're just jealous. And he goes, no, I'm saying it's a dude because it's a dude. And then she's got the sweetest eyes. She's got the sweetest cheeks. She's got the the cutest Adam's apple. And then Reamer starts just puking and hurling again. And Squeak, you know, he's kind, he's describing her perfume. And the moment you can tell he gets the whiff of Reamer throwing up. He starts dry heaving, and then he starts throwing up. Oh, my God. This sequence had me fucking laughing. Do you ever notice how all the psych outs that happen never happen to Coop? We see maybe one psych out to Coop, maybe. And and Reamer, he has maybe one psych out happen to him. 95% of the psych outs that happen are being done by the beers, not yeah. by the other team. Yeah. Why don't we see any happening to Coop or Reamer? Because there are heroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're not. Maybe the other teams aren't well, savvy other, enough. I don't the know. other teams they showed a few psych outs and they were just pathetic. Like the uh, I can't remember if it was like the Italian team or what. I don't remember what their team they were. Oh, on. Yeah, your wife's a terrible cook. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, and uh, just a few. There was a couple of others that were just sad. But our heroes, of course, are the funny ones, and they get all the good psychs. Uh, what'd you guys think of the Marlon Brando psych out? Oh, th- is that who that was? Drinking the fat. Yeah, no, he was drinking the fat out of the bag. It was Marlon Brando oh, liposuction out of his ass. What, yeah. what did he say? I didn't expect it to be so salty. Yeah. Oh, this guy ate a lot of pork, and then he's still drinking it. And one of the ongoing bits, like we were saying, uh, that always makes me chuckle is when Coop will go, ah, ah, right? I mean, it's it's funny. Yeah. The... Uh, I don't know. The one with the cutting the finger off. What'd you think of that one? Oh, that one was hilarious. Because the tune that he whistles and he's doing it like it's a big shtick. And then he, you know, the as he's cutting harder and harder his face and everybody in the audience is going, no, no, no. And it pops off. Did, did the tinfoil one have any effect on you? Chewing uh, tinfoil? No, I don't. I don't. Does tinfoil bother you guys? I guess it's supposed to creep people out chewing on tinfoil. Really? Yeah, and I didn't get it, but when I was watching the making of it, uh, they were talking about it, and the cast, the people like around it, were all freaking out when he was chewing on the tinfoil. And uh, the one that you know probably had had me fall out of my chair laughing was the when they were playing the San Francisco Fairies, 
And uh, he goes, hey, do you watch those beer commercials? He's all, how to speak Australian. And he pulls Squeak over and pulls his pants down. Vagina. <laughs> he gets flagged and he goes, no, that wasn't a gay joke. That was an Australian joke. And he's all, ah. <laughs> those guys, I mean, even the Zuckers, they, they don't care about any stereotype. They go after everyone. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you're going to do it, do it to everyone, you know. So that, that's a big thing with South Park is they literally nobody is safe. So uh, they lose that game because they're fucking hammered. And then they go to the hospital. Uh, this what do you guys think of this hospital bit? This whole scene of them trying to save Joey uh, felt very naked gun to me. Really felt very Leslie Nielsen to me in that just the whole kind of shtick of going too far and. Yeah, and, and and this sequence, you could definitely tell that the Zuckers wrote it, uh, but obviously the guys put their flair on it. Uh, the whole bit where he says, uh, I'm giving her all she's got, Captain. And then, you know, I love you. Always have. Uh, that was all improvised. Mm -hmm. uh, but him running with the the bedpans on his feet and the, the um, needle going in and them getting electrocuted. I mean, that was all kind of sight gag stuff. Yeah. One of the shticks in that, that I, I don't know, this is one of those things that made me laugh a lot was when he pulled the blanket out really fast. And I think the guy in the background went flying. He went flying. Mine was when they were shocking him, which come on. <laughs> right. But squeak is holding his toe. And every time he gets shocked, he says, Claire, and Squeak will go, Claire. And the time he doesn't, he's still holding on. He's getting electrocuted. Squeak is, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, it cuts back to Coop, and he's all, Claire. And it cuts back to <laughs> Squeak, and he's like, no. <laughs> he gets shocked again. Uh, so funny. See? Makes me laugh. Any thoughts, Professor? Uh-uh. <laughs> I can't wait to hear Professor's uh, review of this. Uh, shoot, let's just throw down predictions right now. Zero. I'm going to give it a point five, or I'm saying he's going to give it a point five fucks only because he did laugh a couple of times, but. God damn it. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I'm, no, I'm going to change mine to point two five. Point two five. Okay. I'm going with, with point five. Right. All right. I like it. I like it. So yeah, they go to the hospital. They run amok. It turns out Joey's going to be fine. Here's my question. If Joey's going to be fine, why is he still hanging out at the Make-A-Wish Foundation? Is he an orphan too? Jenna? Maybe. Uh, I, I'm thinking he's still sick, but he's... And he's he makes an awfully... This he, ma he makes an awfully quick recovery. I, lo I love before he goes into surgery, the, as when they give the Christian Slater comment to Coop... Uh, the doctor, they're prepping him for surgery. And he's all, his sodium's through the roof. And he goes, the nurse goes, yeah, it's the strangest thing. He's nine years old, but he smells like Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> we get a little bit of a heart-to-heart -heart talk between Coop and Jenna a little bit. And this is where you see the Broncos flag. One of the things, you know, that I appreciate about this movie is Robert Vaughn. And I love when he's trying to talk to Reamer and convince, you know, Reamer what's going on with Coop and that Coop won't make these deals and everything. And he's kind of trying to suggest that, you know, maybe Reamer help him and Reamer's not getting it. I just love the whole headache kind of thing that he does. Those are some of my favorite bits in this whole movie. <laughs> yeah, he just, because he just doesn't get it. And you notice he calls him Don. 
He doesn't call him Doug. He calls him Don. Uh, you know, how did Shaq get rich? Well, in college, right? So after Baxter Kane meets with Reamer, Reamer goes back to Coop, and they're in the middle of a game, you know, and they're still trying to pull this season out. And clearly, uh, Coop can see that something's wrong with the guys because they're not really trying. And uh, we get a lot of montages of the, the games, uh, which I appreciated. Uh, and um, Is this where they have the dude argument? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This is this is where they have the dude argument, um, and this is so South Park guys ish. You know what I mean? Um, so Reamer and the team are mad at Coop. Coop says, "You know what's going on?" And uh, Coop goes, "Okay, we'll be partners, and we'll go. Uh, we'll decide everything together." And you know, um, did you ever have a thought of? When you play basketball, it's three people are playing at a time, three players. The team is made up of six, and you know, from looking in the dugout, we never see the other three play. Yeah, I know. So is that just part of one of the gags, ongoing gags, that they never do anything, they just sit there? Oh, what if someone got hurt? There are plenty of players that sit on the bench that don't play, even in the pros. Mm-hmm. So. so they end up winning the playoff game, and then once they win the playoff game, Then Kane confronts Reamer, and Reamer agrees to the contract. Later, Kane cuts the funding to Jenna's foundation in an attempt to get Coop and Reamer to adopt a clothing line. Coop is against it, but Reamer agrees and becomes conceited with his newfound A-list status. After the semifinals, Kane informs Coop and Reamer that the clothing line has been produced through child labor in Calcutta. If the public finds out, the team and Jenna's foundation will be ruined. Kane blackmails Coop and Reamer into losing or forfeiting the Denslow Cup game, or he will go public with the information. Jenna learns about the scandal and breaks up with Coop, as Coop and Reamer blame each other for the controversy and end their friendship. With their friendship dissolved, Coop goes to Calcutta, aiming to resolve the situation by replacing the child workers with adults. Making it back to the championship game just as it begins, Coop and Reamer still argue with each other while the beers are losing. By the seventh inning stretch, the beers are down 16-0. to Having had enough of Coop and Reamer's feuding, Squeak gives the stadium an impassioned speech reminding Coop and Reamer where they came from, how much they've changed everyone else's life, and what they risk losing. Motivated, Coop and Reamer reconcile their differences as Yvette, also moved by Squeak's speech, breaks off her alliance with Kane. Afterward, they shift their focus back to the game when Coop's lazy boy ball pops. Coop is distraught until Joey brings him a new basketball made from a Barker lounger. After a risky last throw, they win the Denslow Cup. Jenna and Coop reconcile as Yvette makes out with Reamer, and both of them skate around the stadium with their new trophy. Roll credits. So the foundation funds get cut and that kind of backs Coop and Reamer into a corner and Reamer is all about, you know, making that extra money and and changing the rules and Coop is against it but can't find a reason to convince Reamer. So Reamer agrees and this is where it all kind of takes off. You know what I mean? And Reamer just becomes a big conceited dick. (laughs) With all of his gold chains and he makes a shot and has a chair in the outfield while other people run. Yeah. This movie, even though being a parody does follow a sports themed movie formula pretty well. You know, this is uh, the conflict that is going to drive our two heroes apart. 
Reamer's enjoying all the success and, and Coop's just kind of sitting back and, you know, everything's just kind of falling apart. Uh, I like the bit when after they win, uh, Reamer is in the hot tub with the Playmate of the Year, Victoria Silvstedt. And, uh, you know, that just shows, you know, how far gone Reamer really is. And then uh, they cut to the locker room where they're both standing there, buck-ass naked. And the speech about, or the bit about, uh, you know, I'm going to give Jenna this promise ring because I'm going to promise to start to think about getting serious. (laughs) So I just thought some of that writing was cute. I like the scene where... uh Coop flies to Calcutta to fix the problem, walks in with all the kids, and he's like, oh, 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 this isn't right. Oh, and he even does it when he gets to the cab, because when he opens the cab, the goat walks out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think of that locker room scene? I thought that the whole gags was funny with, you know, the, the big cocks, apparently, uh, and her coming in. And I thought, you know, for the saying that she did such a bad acting job, the way she worked in the lines and the gags into her little speech she was giving them, she, I thought she did a great job at it. And then this is another bit because Kane comes in and blackmails him and shows him the <laughs> shows him the pictures. This is the bit where he says, if you're smart, you'll play ball with me. And then Coop says, I thought you didn't want us to play ball. <laughs> and he goes, uh, I don't, but I want you to play with me or whatever. And then Reamer goes, you want us to play for Dallas? <laughs> And he does that whole, ah! And so he walks out and Jenna walks in. And when do you notice when she throws the paper down, it, both the guys wince like it hit their junk? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, did you laugh at any of this? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Okay. Uh, this scene, did you laugh at any part of this scene? Um, I don't remember where specifically I laughed. But you did laugh? Uh, once or twice. Okay. So yeah, Coop flies to Calcutta. And rectifies the problem, and he comes back just in time for the Denslow Cup. And, you know, uh, this is where we get the typical, they're still mad at each other. They play the first half of the game or the first seven innings like, you know, dog shit. And then uh, it takes Squeak, the unsung hero, to bring them back together on the bridges of the Malaka Laka Bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you guys think of this whole bit? I actually thought this was pretty funny. I like how they used the character and they kept working in the Laguna Peace and the, the Malaka Laka Bridge or something. Yeah. And um, I thought it was great. I thought he did a good job. And it, But what didn't, what kind of bothered me is after he gives a speech and Yvette basically splits from Kane is, wasn't the team safe at that point? I mean, she may still get ownership, but she's not going to work with Kane. So... Wasn't yeah. some of, most of the problems solved by that point? Yeah, but the guys didn't know that. No. Right? Yeah, that's what I thought as well. They didn't know. And I'm pretty sure they still want to win the fucking game. Yeah. So they, had, they hadn't won it for five years, so what do they care? Clearly, you never played sports. So uh, did you notice as the uh, Malaka Laka Bridge was going down that uh, one of them says, hold your breath right before we hit, and the other one says, never let go. So mm-hmm. their call out to Titanic. Titanic yeah. I heard somewhere that that was another improvised scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so was the kiss. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 right. no, no, no. The kiss wasn't it improvised. Was their idea. It was their idea. It kind of looked like Cooper wasn't enjoying it. It was. I, it got, you got to be honest, right? There was no heat factor there. Uh, Reamer was all, all into it, but Coop just, you know, kind of went with it, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, remember the scene where he is uh, driving and then the radio starts playing that song? 
and it's pretty much just mapping out his life. Yeah, the Trey yeah. Parker actually singing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah that, that was one of my favorite mm-hmm. favorite scenes too. I guess yeah. that's apparently- slow down. There's a truck ahead. <laughs> So yeah, they were down sixteen nothing. They reconcile. They're making their comeback and they're doing their psych outs and this, that, and the other. And I I knew that the ending shot was going to mirror the opening shot when they won the the first Denzel, or the first basketball championship in the driveway. You know, Coop misses a rebound, miss Reamer keeps it alive, and then Cooper makes it at the very end. Uh, you kind of knew that was coming, mm-hmm. so. Um, well, they set us up with that Reggie Jackson three home run bit at the very beginning of the movie. Oh, and then the ball deflates. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I shed a tear for that. Oh, when the ball deflated, yeah, that was kind of sad. Oh, he lost his lazy boy ball. Yeah, but I knew it was coming because the kids were on their way, and you know Joey made that mm-hmm. that new ball, and he gave it to him. Reggie Jackson coming up to him at the very end, and. I like that moment when Reggie says that, you know, I, I got my first two home run balls, but I never got the third one. <laughs> Some wretched little shit <laughs> got in and ran away. <laughs> I thought he says, and you're never getting your ball back. Yeah, was, uh, my God, that was so funny. And then, uh, you know, he gives him advice and or congratulates him on the game. And then as Coop's walking away, he says, hey, Coop. And Coop <laughs> turns around and goes, I don't have your fucking ball, man. <laughs> Yeah, so there are moments. Um, oh, fuck. I, I, I like the whole thing. So, Professor, what rating do you predict that Don will be giving this movie? Mm, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe three fucks. I was going to go with 3.25. Did <clears throat> Did you guys watch the post credit scene? Uh, yeah, with... Uh, Al Michaels and, and Bob Costas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, those two, fucking hilarious. I love during the, the whole playoff season... How, how how wrung out they were. Yeah, yeah, because it just keeps going, going and going. And this is how Don feels about baseball in general. Absolutely. You know, way too long. All right, so what do you guys think? You guys ready to rate this bitch? I'm ready to rate this bitch. Dude. 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 All right, you got a point. And now it's time for John's... Moment. As our loyal listeners will know, I like to compare all of our movies to Lord of the Rings because, well, everything compares to Lord of the Rings. So for this movie, I'm going to start with Middle Earth, which is basically the basketball league. Mordor is the Denslow Cup because that's where the journey leads our heroes to the end. The Fellowship, well, that's the Bears team. Frodo is Joe Cooper. He is our main hero and the bearer of the ring. Sam is Doug Reamer. He helps Joe Cooper on his journey, and it even helps to carry the precious when he takes part ownership of the team, even though he does a crappy job of it. Mount Doom? Well, that's the Makalaka board above the Lagoon of Peace. And then I'm also going to pick Squeak as our golem as he sacrifices himself at the end when he falls into the Lagoon of Peace to help complete the journey and get Coop and Reamer's friendship back on track. It was his speech that really saved the team at the and ended the corruption of the ring, as it also convinced Yvette to stop working with Baxter Kane. The league was basically saved at that point through Squeak's sacrifice. 
So what exactly is the One Ring, a.k.a. the Precious? It's the ownership of the Bears team, or really the negative effects of owning the team and its corrupting effect that comes with it. The responsibility of owning the team has a corrupting power on its bearer and those around it, as seen how Coop is tempted and Reamer ends up getting corrupted. Owning the team changes Coop's life throughout his journey. The team is cleansed of the corruption on the cliff of Mount Doom, a.k.a. the Makalaka board, when Squeak falls into the Lagoon of Peace, setting off the explosions of the fiery lava effect. Beyond that, I'm going to pick Ted Denslow as our Bilbo Baggins. He was the one who passes the ring, or the team, onto our Frodo Coop. Gandalf, well, that's Reggie Jackson, because he provides kind of guidance along the way. For Saruman the White, I pick Yvette Denslow. Although she repents at the end, which leads to Saruman tongue-kissing Sam. And Sauron? Well, that's Baxter Kane, because he wanted to obtain the One Ring, which was the Bears team, and with it, control all of Middle-Earth, which technically was the Base Cobalt League. I'm going to give you a C, because A, they were the Beers, not the Bears, and uh, B... Had you ended it after uh, Denslow, probably would have got another B minus. I liked where you were going with that, but uh, you didn't think Baxter Kane was Sauron? No, didn't need him. But he was after the One Ring. Everyone's after the One Ring. That's a given. But he he was basically after I, the One Ring because then he controlled them all. I understand. I understand where it's going. Just too much. Okay. That's just my humble opinion. So now be and let me and because now because you opened your mouth, I'm gonna give you a C minus. <sighs> Professor, how'd I do? I'm gonna give that a solid C plus. C plus. Yeah, C plus. Uh, you know, you have a twist that your Samwise ends up being corrupted as opposed to Frodo. Mm-hmm. Which all in the beginning was good. Mm-hmm. Even, even, you know, and I, and as soon as you said Denzel, I'm going, oh, this motherfucker. But then you go, he's Bilbo because he passed along. I went, oh, that makes sense. But then after that, you lost me. So, okay. All right. So I just gave you too much. Just too much, bud. Okay. Just too much. And that was John's. Moment. All right, so uh, what do you guys think? You guys ready to rate this bitch? I'm ready to rate this bitch. Uh, Professor, how do we do our ratings? We do our ratings on a scale of one to five fucks. So five fucks is a movie that is cinematic gold. You're ready to watch that whenever somebody says, do you want to see that? And you go, yes, yes, I do. A one fuck movie is a movie that you saw it and you don't need to ever see it again because it's something that just, doesn't appeal to you in any way you had some sort of a desire to see it you did it and now it's done and now you're you're done and what's a zero a zero is a movie that has completely struck out and you are not happy at all and you feel like somebody owes you two hours of your life back or in other words we just don't give a fuck all right so who wants to go first not it you go first ah damn it okay Basketball is a movie made in the same caliber as Airplane, Naked Gun, with a South Park satire thrown in, and kind of a Tommy Boy structure where a man-child with no direction, you know, 
finds a father figure who gives him direction, he matures, he saves the company, or in this case, the team. Once you figure that out, you basically have the whole point of the movie. The rest of it is just a quick-paced, silly, with hilarious gags, and it's easier to enjoy if you accept it at that level. Beyond that, there's not much else to this Zuckerish type movie. For me, the best part of the movie was the psych-outs and the South Park references. Not much beyond that. It definitely didn't live up to the legacy, I think, of the past Zucker films, Airplane and Naked Gun, but it definitely was good for a lot of laughs. I enjoy, you know, I actually enjoyed, you know, previous movies like Orgasmo more than I enjoyed Basketball when it comes to, you know, Trey Parker movies. I'm a big fan of Book of Mormon as well because, well, everybody knows I like musicals. So I was hoping it would kind of, you know, live up to that hype, but unfortunately it didn't. You can tell that Matt and Trey felt the same way about this movie, the way they poke fun at it, you know, in the South Park episode. If you're looking for a movie that's simple to follow, has quick, low-bar humor, and occasionally has a gross-out, this is a good movie to check out. If you want to save time and just see the best parts, all the psychouts are available on YouTube. You could just watch them there. Otherwise, you might have that, what the hell did I just watch feeling at the end of watching this movie? So for that reason, I'm giving Basketball 1.75 fucks. Wow. What did, I, what did, did we say what he was going to give? No, we didn't ask. But I, 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 was, think, I'm gonna, I think he's going to give it 1.75 fucks. I, I didn't know what he was going to give, but I thought it was going to be higher than that. Yeah, so did I. All right, I'll go. With Basketball, I kind of expected it to be... Uh, you know, more, more South Park based. And I didn't realize that it was a Zucker film until later when I watched it. And, um, you know, out of the Zucker films, I think that this one is probably my favorite out of the guys that do the South Park stuff. This isn't my favorite. I think South Park, bigger, longer, uncut team America. Uh, I like those movies better than this one, but this movie makes me laugh and it continually makes me laugh. Every time I watch it, uh, the cast is solid. Um, the story is funny. Uh, I buy it because you know, they are, it's a satire on the sports world and, um, you know, they, they kind of nail it, uh, when it comes to, you know, where sports is going or where they have gone. So, you know, for that, I think that uh, the movie's fun and I appreciated the montages. I appreciated all the cameos uh, from the sports world because I, I watch a lot of sports. And so that carries over. And at times it was like I was watching uh, a real basketball game. You know, you have uh, Bob Costas and Al Michaels and Dan uh, Dan Patrick and Kenny Main. Um, so it, it, it felt like that at times. This movie came in at an hour and 35 minutes. Uh, I feel like you probably could have cut 10 out of it. I feel like this movie drags just a little, but it doesn't really take me out of it. Uh, the soundtrack was fine. Uh, the editing was fine. Uh, the one-liners and the ongoing jokes. The psych-outs. The psych-outs were one of the best parts of this film. And I think that the the characters, I, I liked the characters. And yes, it was because they were Bronco fans. So that's going to rate really high for me. Um, so overall, I'm going to give basketball 3.5 fucks. Uh huh. I think I came in at 3.25 was my guess. You did. You said three. Yep. You said 3.25. Uh, that was close. Shocker. So 
Basketball. I had not seen this movie before. Initially, I thought we were watching uh, Dodgeball, but no. Correction, we're watching Basketball. I haven't seen this. All right, so going into it, I knew that it was you know, going to be along those lines of like an airplane movie. I have to say it has been, it has been a while since I've seen airplane, but I, I, I really enjoyed airplane a lot in my younger days and watching, uh, uh, police squad, which was a lot like, uh, the naked gun series. I, I enjoyed all that, but when I'm watching all those, that was, well, that, that was a while ago. And so now here I am, watching this 20 years too late, if you will. You know, this movie is in in a very different experience for me sitting by myself in, as a middle-aged man watching this movie. And it's just like, okay. And it just didn't strike my funny bone because of those two main points. I'm a middle-aged guy and I am watching it by myself. There's nobody else to help carry it along for me as opposed to watching it with a couple of buddies or you're watching it in a theater with a bunch of other people. So uh, it was a bit of an uphill climb and I pondered watching this. I wonder if I'd still think that you know, Airplane or uh, Police Squad is still funny if I were to watch those again today. And, you know, part of it... Uh, also, just because I'm an older guy, so like the, uh, the, 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 cheer, the cheerleader sequences that they kept having with the girls over and over again. I thought it was funny the first or second time, but they kept bringing the girls back again and again. And she's like, is this for 15-year-olds? Is this a 15-year-old fantasy? I suppose it is, but it's just like, well, I, I don't know if I necessarily need, you know, it, it started to feel gratuitous a little bit. For the most part, I found I found my characters to be likable. Uh, Coop, a, a, a really a really good guy, and I, I enjoyed his uh, personal journey that he was on during this movie because uh, he's a likable guy. And, and I thought that um, uh, uh, Jenna, you know, uh, when I saw that she was nominated for a Razzie, I kept waiting. Well, she's gonna fall really flat on her face and i didn't think she fell flat on her face at all during the movie so i i found it modestly surprising that she got nominated for a razzie because i didn't find her character unlikable in any way i also really enjoyed uh remmer and squeak i thought those characters were fine and robert vaughn he was he was a fun villain in the movie as well but in the end, it comes down to me watching this movie today and seeing it for the first time and it was it was pretty pedestrian, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't going the way that I thought it was going to go necessarily because uh, I had such a fond association for uh, other movies of this ilk. And I got to say, in the end, what I found myself thinking a couple of times throughout the movie is like, I wish we were watching Team America because I really dug Team America. I think that that is a, a, a fun movie, and it. And it, it kind of sort of left that taste in my mouth by the end of it that it's just not as strong of a movie. I give this movie 1.25 fucks. Wow. Both more than we thought. Yeah, that's a lot higher than I thought. If you had to pick one of the characters from this movie that you represent, would you be a Coop, a Reamer, or a Squeak? Uh, who would you be? Well, I already know who you two would say I would be, but who would you be? I just asked you, who would you be? I would probably say that I am a squeak. 
Is that who you really think you are? I think that's who you would say I am. I didn't ask who you thought I thought you would be. I asked, who do you think you would be? Squeak. So you think you would be Squeak? Yes, because he's uh, underestimated. (laughs) Wake up, bitch. You're my new best friend. And I'm also one of those guys who basically, you know, you do that 13 or 14 more times. (laughs) You said it work all the time. What about you, homie? Who do you think you would be? Maybe Coop. Coop? Maybe. Oh, I'm definitely Coop. Or you're, what, the, uh, Kane? You didn't say Kane was one of the characters. No, Baxter Kane, the villain. You think yeah. I'm the villain? <laughs> oh, that makes sense. I mean, I could be the villain. I wouldn't mind playing the villain. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Would you Would you say I'm a squeak? I wouldn't go there first. Take the abuse and, no, and I underestimate think, No, I think you're more of a Joey. Oh, okay. Yeah, nine-year-old who... <laughs> Needs a new liver and gets fucking hammered. <laughs> Has bad internal organs. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, all right. What else? Oh, um, yeah. Team America is way better. Isn't the slogan for that one, fuck yeah? Yeah. America, fuck yeah. yeah. Coming to, to save the motherfucking world. Day, yeah. yeah. We got to learn the words. That's yeah. funny. But we'll have to um, review that one. <laughs> Uh, you have to prove yourself, Gary. How committed are you? Now suck my cock. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gary. That's so good. Have either <clears throat> of you seen Orgasmo? Yeah, I've seen it. No. What do you think of Orgasmo? I thought it was funny. Yeah, it was, it They're was funny fun. guys, yeah. and their live action stuff is funny, but I think South Park and uh, Team America are more funny. Mm-hmm. So, have you seen Book of Mormon? Not yet, not yet. I want to. Oh, it is worth seeing. It is probably one of their funniest things. I'm sure it is. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it is. All right, now comes the time of the podcast where we would select our next film. If you want to know the next movie that we are going to review, check out our website and any other social media outlets that we have. Hey, speaking of which, hey John, where can they find us? If you want easy access to our podcast, show notes, movie trivia, pretty much everything we know, check out our website at threeguysinaflick.com. You can also find us on all the various social media and podcasting hosting sites. All right, so that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Three Guys in a Flick. I just want to thank Zach, Ronnie, and Jill for listening. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Ronnie. Thanks, Jill. For Three Guys in a Flick, I'm Don. I'm John. And I'm Ken. Thanks for listening. Look at this fucking guy. He doesn't even, you know, he can't even be bothered to put on his fucking headphones. Look at this. Dude. You ruined the flow. I know. Cock. He said it. Yeah. Interesting, huh? Professor's like, no, this is fucking dumb. Are we at ratings yet? Considering this is the guy who said, uh, I want to watch Catch. What did you say in the natural? I, no, I, what I said was, and I can't believe I'm repeating it, is uh, I want to play throw. <laughs> this is so much worse. <laughs> Cock. If you are curious about the next film that we are going to review, be sure to tune into our website where we will be giving hints. And How do you uh, tune into a website? Well, what else would you say? Check out our website. Fuck you. I don't like that.
Give me something else there, Professor. Scroll on over. You can fuck right off. Check out our website. Okay, I like that. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. <laughs> Cock. All right, fuck off. Good night.